Welcome to Rise and Thrive, a segment of the Unyielded Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Kaler. These short segments are meant to be fuel for you, for your week, and for your life. If you are finding value in these, and if you haven't done so already, make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another episode. Do you ever wonder what leads some people to be happier than others? Happiness researchers have, and their findings might surprise you. So is it that some people are just naturally happier than others? Not necessarily. It is true that everyone has a happiness set point. And what that means is that if good things happen to us, or if bad things happen to us, we tend to return pretty quickly to our natural set point. While everyone does have a happiness set point, however, what researchers have found is that our happiness set point only accounts for 50% of our happiness. Does that mean that the other 50% of our happiness is based on our circumstances? No. What researchers have found is that our circumstances account for a mere 10% of our happiness. Think about that for a minute. Our circumstances only account for 10% of our happiness, which begs the question, what's the remaining 40%? This might be the best news of all, because the remaining 40% comes down to our attitudes, our behaviors, and our actions that we take to create our happiness or not. So this is not an exhaustive list because there are dozens and dozens of things that you can do. But here are five of my favorite things, activities that you can do to build happiness for yourself. Number one, what do we train ourselves to see in life? The good or the bad? I talked about this a few episodes ago on the Tetris effect. And and again, that was when researchers had people play Tetris for hours on end. And then afterwards, people went out in the world and all all they could see were shapes and boxes and all this kind of stuff everywhere, because that's what they'd been training their brain to see. And the same thing happens to us when we train our brain to look for either the good or the bad. So what we look for, we see more of. So, you know, that's one thing. The second thing, do we actively build into our lives the things that we love to do? Or do we fall victim to the path of least resistance, meaning we fall into ruts that keep us stuck? And this is one I'm going to dive into in a future episode because it is a particularly tough one. But are we doing the things we love to do, ideally on a daily basis? Number three, how do we respond to the world around us and the things that happen around us? You often hear people talk about it this way. You know, do bad things happen to us or do they happen for us? Now, this isn't Pollyanna talk. This is not pretending that the negative doesn't exist or turning a blind eye to it. It means that we actively look for the lesson or the gift or the path to rise above whatever is happening so that we can become better versions of ourselves. When I interviewed Jenny Jetson, she spoke of this. And as a reminder of her story, she was the victim of a home invasion and was shot multiple times. She went through fairly brutal surgeries and physical therapy in order to recover. But she spoke about how she didn't want to just go back to how she was before the attack. She wanted to become a better version of herself than what she'd ever been before. So how do we frame the things that happen to us? Number four, what do we tell ourselves when we face a challenge? There are essentially three paths here and two don't work. Actually, they work. They just don't lead you to a positive result. So let's say that you're going to be giving an important presentation and the stakes are high. 
Do you A, remind yourself of all the things that might go wrong, give yourself a pep talk like, you've got this or you'll do great? Or C, do you remind yourself of everything that can go right and how you've succeeded in other situations like this before? The last one is the one that sets us up for success. And number five, where do you put your focus of control? Too often, we don't narrow our focus enough. This leads us to be distracted, discouraged, and disheartened by the volume of the task or the challenge at hand. Here is a super simple example, and it's very simple, but I think it'll resonate. I've been on vacation for several weeks, and I have one email account that is a little clunky to access from my travel computer. I have no idea why, but that's the reality, and it leads me to forget about it for a few days at a time. It's a personal account that I really don't use very much. And and it's the one I use for like cooking newsletters, biking newsletters, when I order things online, etc. So it gets a ton of junk mail in it amid the very few things that I really, really want. As a result, by the time I remember to check it, I'll, you know, I'll just have so many, so much junk in there. And I can feel my energy drain away because I don't even want to wade through all of it. And I used to think, oh my goodness, when am I going to have time to get through this? And then I learned a new trick. And I learned this from one of the happiness researchers. I set a timer for 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever makes sense, but it's a fairly short amount of time. And then I work on going through the inbox until the timer goes off. When the timer goes off, I'm done for that session and I move to something else. And I leave that session feeling energized and good about the progress that I've made. Even though I don't make it through all the emails, think about that for a minute. Nothing has really changed. I still have a ton of emails to sort through, but I no longer feel discouraged and drained. Rather, I feel energized and optimistic. And how do you think that the way I now feel, energized and optimistic, affects the next task that I'm about to tackle? It makes all the difference in the world because I'm not dragging the freight train of negative emotions with me to the next interaction or the next task. And I don't pretend to fully understand why this works. And I'm, I'm just, you know, merely smart enough to take advice from a, a researcher, but I've been amazed at how powerful this has been. Let's think about it though for a minute. When I sat down and opened up that email box, I saw that I had something close to 1300 emails in there and I had five different email accounts. That was just one of my accounts. My old way of doing things would have been to work on that for as long as I could have stood to work on it. And that would have led to two results. One, I would have completely drained my batteries before walking away. And two, I likely wouldn't have finished it before walking away. And I would have felt the dread of knowing that I wasn't done. And I also wouldn't have had the joy of completing something. However, because I worked for 30 minutes until the timer went off, I left the session with my bed before my batteries were drained. And I felt like I had completed something, a 30 minute focused session. By the way, this works for those of you who have a heavy volume of, of work email and because I know how those can get out of control. The change there when it's work-related is to always start the session with the most recent emails that you've received. And that way you, you avoid that feeling of, of falling even farther behind. And ironically, since I've started doing this, that silly email never gets out of control because it's like, hey, I'm up to date. I'm going to spend 15 to 30 minutes on it and I'm going to do what I can. And, and now it's completely manageable and up to date. I don't even know why, but I wanted to share it. Like I said, these five items it, in no way is an exhaustive list. And if this is of interest to you, there are three books that I highly recommend. And I'll put the links, the link to these in, in the show notes. But one is Happier 
The second one is the happiness advantage. And the third one is the how of happiness. And again, the links are below. I highly recommend those three books. Great practical strategies for building more happiness. That wraps up today's episode. I hope that you're taking away some ideas that you can use right away. If you know of someone who could benefit from this episode, I hope that you'll share it with them. I hope that you have a great week and make sure that you rise and thrive.